0: Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album, but I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is bizarre. Episodes. Today's episode: Jimmy Hart, Outrageous Conduct from 1985. On August 20th, 2021, after a seven-year absence, CM Punk made his return to professional wrestling. The 42-year-old wrestler had walked away from professional wrestling when he was one of, if not its biggest star. Punk has said that the main reason he left the WWE was concern for his own health. That's a whole other story I won't get into. But when he returned, he returned to All Elite Wrestling, better known as AEW. At the time of this recording, AEW has only been around for two and a half years. And for the first time since the closure of World Championship Wrestling in 2001, the WWE has some serious competition. Punk's return was huge, receiving one of the biggest ovations in wrestling history. It was a moment that felt like big things were happening in wrestling. Are we on our way back to another wrestling boom? Time will tell. If that's indeed the case... It will be the first wrestling boom in 40 years to not involve Jimmy Hart.
1: You know, Hulk Hogan, last time you faced a big earthquake, baby, it was just a little case of hit and run. But this time, baby, you're in a lot of trouble because you see you signed for a stretcher match with the earthquake. Nobody beats the earthquake in a stretcher match.
0: Jimmy Hart was a manager in WCW for the huge wrestling boom that went down in 1996 when Hulk Hogan became a bad guy and formed the NWO. He was also a manager in the WWE, back then the WWF, when they had their first Wrestlemania ever in 1985. The WWF had brought celebrities like singer Cindy Lauper into the world of pro wrestling, which helped bring it to the mainstream.
1: Cindy, in all the time I've known you, you've always brought your full heart and your soul and excitement to the world of music. And you're doing the same thing now in the world of wrestling. You and your manager, Dave Wolf, have done more than anybody to bring rock and wrestling together. So it's with great pride and happiness that I recognize the fact that the World Wrestling Federation has seen fit to award you this special achievement award for your contributions to the world of women's wrestling to Cindy Lauper.
0: A few years prior to that... Hart was also involved in one of the most well-known wrestling pop culture moments of all time—the wrestling angle that many feel was the catalyst to wrestling becoming sports entertainment.
2: Uh, is Andy?
1: Are you coming in here again? Or I am sick of this. B- you are full of b- my friend. I will sue you for everything you have. I will sue your ass. You're a b- <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. You hear me? A b- <laughs> b- you. I will get you for this. To use those words on television, I apologize to all my God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but you you're
2: a I think uh, I think you can use some of those words on TV. i not-
0: <laughs> That's the infamous nineteen eighty-two Andy Kaufman and Jerry the King Lawler appearance on late night with David Letterman. While Andy Kaufman was one of the stars of Taxi one of the most popular sitcoms on television, he got involved in a wrestling angle with Jerry the King Lawler. Kaufman started appearing in Memphis Wrestling. He would do interviews before his matches that would sometimes go on for 15 to 20 minutes. To help bring this to a more reasonable length, Jimmy Hart was paired up with Kaufman. It was Andy Kaufman who gave Hart the nickname the Mouth of the South, and that's a nickname he carries to this day. Jimmy Hart and Jerry Lawler actually attended the same high school. It would be Lawler who brought Hart into the wrestling business. Initially, this was just to get Hart's help making an album that would be called Jerry Lawler Sings.
1: A love a man.
0: Lawler enlisted the help of Hart because Jimmy has a history with music. Hart was a member of the Gentries, who had a number 4 hit in 1965 with the single Keep On Dancing. Dancin dancin
1: dancin 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 right right on...
0: on... Though Jimmy Hart was usually the lead singer of the Gentries, he didn't sing lead on Keep On Dancing, That was done by their guitarist, the wonderfully named Larry Raspberry. Raspberry. Here's Jimmy Hart on Legends with JBL discussing where the name The Gentries came from.
2: We were in Memphis, Tennessee, playing high schools and bar mitzvahs and whatever else we were playing back in the day. We had stopped to get gas before we went to uh, T. Walker Lewis YMCA for a little Battle of the Bands back then. And we went in to use the bathroom, and in there, we were called the gents at the time, but nobody really liked the name the gents. Short for gentlemen. Yeah, there you no. go, absolutely. So I walked in there, and I saw up there, was a condom, little rack above there, and I was looking up, and it said, the gentry, gentry. I, so I put the quarter in, pulled it out, I and I took it back to the guys. I said, look, why don't we change our name so we became the gentries and that's how it really started.
0: Members of the gentries came and went over the years, with Hart being the only constant they would have two more charting singles. Why Should I Cry peaked at number 61 in 1970, and a cover of Neil Young's Cinnamon Girl peaked at number 52. It charted even before Neil Young's version. But back to his wrestling career. After receiving national attention for his involvement in the Andy Kaufman-Jerry Lawler feud, in 1985, Vince McMahon lured Jimmy Hart to the WWF to be part of his national expansion. Hart would arrive in the WWF about a month before the first WrestleMania. Here's Jimmy Hart talking about that on the Celebrity Playlist YouTube channel.
2: When I went to New York, on the first show I got to do was WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Uh, as far as the live events go, I, you know, we did our TV in Poughkeepsie, New York, where I wound up managing King Kong Bundy, who I managed in Memphis, and then I wound up managing uh, uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine. And so at WrestleMania, I met a man by the name of Dave Wolf. Dave Wolf was Cindy Lopper's manager, and they were part of the rock and wrestling connection. Well, at the time, part of WrestleMania, there was a two part of it, the show, of course. But then when it was over, Dave Wolf wanted to bring Dick Clark's people on and Cindy on and everything and do a rock wrestling album. Well, I guess um, uh, Dave Wolf had followed my career in Memphis and knew that I did a lot of the music down there. So it kind of worked in great for me.
0: That would become the wrestling album, which was covered on the very first episode of Bizarre Albums. So for more on that, go and listen to episode number one
2: emotional consideration paid for by the following
0: on june 14 your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in disney and pixar's inside out 2 it's
1: time to greet your team riley it's anger let me
0: at him fear safety checklist is complete disgust ew.
1: ew ew sadness is in the house oh no hello i'm anxiety i'm one of riley's new emotions
0: disney ah! and pixar's inside out 2
1: there's a part
0: 2 we're going Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only beers June 14th. Get tickets now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. But right around this same time, Hart would make another album as well. The wrestling album was a compilation album featuring several wrestlers from the WWF's roster at the time. But Jimmy Hart would take this opportunity in the national spotlight to make a solo album. So in 1985, Jimmy Hart released Outrageous Conduct on Rockin' Rasslin' Records.
1: (laughs) Surprise!
0: Surprise! Before I begin... There are two different versions of this album. More on that in a bit, but the track listing that I'm referring to today is on the American version that was released on Rock and Wrestling Records. So this version kicks off with a song called Hippo Hips.
1: When she walked into the room, all the guys said, and the floor began to shake. She started doing jumping jacks. The floor started to crack. You know Ripkin Simmons couldn't get this brown in shape. They called a hell yes. Hey.
0: Up next is a song also included on the wrestling album. Eat your heart out Rick Springfield. Here's more from Jimmy Hart's interview on the Celebrity Playlist.
2: They asked me, did I have a original song? Well, I knew in Memphis I had a little original song I'd done called Eat Your Heart Out Rick Springfield, which was a novelty song. I guess I was kind of like the Weird Al Yankovic of wrestling before there was a Real Al, real Al, Al Yankovich, uh, him doing those parodies. I kind of did Memphis parodies. So uh, I gave him a copy of it. They cut it their way with Rick Derringer playing guitar, Cindy Lauper singing back up on it. And... Um, that's how my musical thing got started for them.
0: The Outrageous Conduct version is a different recording from the wrestling album, but Hart sings both versions. So I
1: jumped in my car and I cruised downtown. I could hear the music playing from a mile around. So I got me a ticket and I walked inside. And I could see him standing
0: Up next is a song called Barbara Streisand's Nose. Hart had originally written the song as Lance Russell's Nose. Lance Russell was a Memphis wrestling announcer back when Hart was working in the Memphis territory. The song was first reworked to Barbara Streisand's Nose in 1984 for an album released in Japan by another wrestler, Terry Funk. By the way, on the US version of Outrageous Conduct, Barbara Streisand's name is misspelled. The U.S. version of this album was available by mail order. Advertisements to order the album appeared in issues of the WWF magazine. The cover featured illustrations by Hart's old friend and wrestling rival, Jerry the King Lawler. Inside the album was a letter from Jimmy Hart on Rockin' Wrestling Records' letterhead. It read, Dear Fan, Thanks for ordering my new album, Outrageous Conduct. I think you'll enjoy it. The response for outrageous conduct has been so great that we ran out of the records pictured in the ad, and in order to get these to you by Christmas, we are shipping these. The contents are exactly the same, but if you would rather wait for the other album cover, please return these unopened and we'll send you the other when available, or you can purchase it too for only $5 if you keep this one. I'll be looking for you at the matches. Your pal, Jimmy Hart, The Mouth of the South.
1: I'm sure we'll be there The blasters from the ghetto You'll see them everywhere If James Dean were alive I know he'd be there Tonight, tonight, tonight There's gonna be a rumble Tonight in the Blackboard jungle Tonight that's gonna be some
0: trouble Side one closes with Juvenile Delinquents Which is another song that had first appeared on the Terry Funk album But then it was under the title We Like to Rock Side two begins with We Hate School. This is another one of the album songs that originated back in Hart's Memphis wrestling days. The version he did back then also had a music video, featuring several wrestlers as Hart's band, including future WWF star Coco Beware, who was then known as Sweet Brown Sugar. We Hate School also appeared on the Terry Funk album, and this song also got a single release. Up next is Handsome Jimmy, which is actually not about Jimmy Hart. Handsome Jimmy Valiant was a wrestler in the Memphis Territory when Hart was working there. And Hart wrote this song for him, which Valiant recorded and used as his own entrance music. Uh-huh. So the other version of this album was a re-release from 1986. This one was released only in Canada on Epic Records. It features a different cover, which is a photo of Hart standing on the apron of a WWF ring. The words outrageous conduct are designed in a way to reveal the words rage on within the title. This version features the exact same songs, but the running order is completely different. On this version... A song called Solid Gold Rock and Roll opens side two. Up next is a song called Tammy Why Not. Hart has a spoken word intro to the song, saying he was asked if he can sing country music, to which he replied he can sing anything. So he wrote this song and dedicated it to the king and queen of country music.
1: I love the way you sing, stand by your man. But my favorite song's the way you sing, your good girl's gonna go bad. Tammy, why not give old George another chance? It may sound crazy, but I'm y'all's biggest fan. I know there's been some good times, and I guess there's been some bad. But tell me why not give old George another chance.
0: All songs were written by Jimmy Hart, along with J.J. McGuire, a longtime friend of Hart's who was also a big part of the Hulk Hogan and the Wrestling Boot Band album that I covered on the show before. There are two other credited writers, C. Sonby and S. Fowler, and they are a total mystery to me. If you happen to have any info, please let me know. The album's credited co-producers are Rod Tanner and Michael Tulls. Tanner has very few credits to his name, but in the 60s, Michael Tulls was the guitarist for the Bar Kays before eventually joining Isaac Hayes' band in the 70s. He even played on Hayes' Oscar-winning theme from Shaft in
1: 1971. Who's the cat that woke up? When
0: Outrageous Conduct is a pretty difficult album to track down, either version of it. Copies are rare, it's not streaming anywhere, and the songs don't even seem to be on YouTube. And speaking of difficult albums to find, as I mentioned earlier, prior to any of this, Jimmy Hart's old friend, Jerry the King Lawler, released an album of rock and country music covers titled Jerry Lawler Sings. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums.